Hi, I'm Danny. And I'm Danica. We are biracial unicorns. We're ambiguously brown girls. Yeah, so undescribable. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Demika? It's been all right. It's um we we time changed earlier here in England. I know y'all just did over in the US of A, but it's been getting dark at like three o'clock and I'm trying to be okay with it and I'm obviously not adjusting well because I feel like I should be carrying like a lamp stick everywhere I go and it's very old Charles Dickety feeling over here. <laughs> this might be a bit of an ignorant question, so excuse mm. me, but what latitude are you at? Do you know like compared to a US city? That may be the nerdiest question you have <laughs> ever. It's an important asked. question, Demika. It's important I- to me. <laughs> And now I feel very vulnerable because I know I actually had to look up what our time zone technically was. And I because I didn't know I'm like, you know, yeah, there's Eastern Standard. They have this. I technically didn't know what our. Aren't you just Greenwich? Yeah. yeah, It's Greenwich. Greenwich. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, This is a lot of my knowledge because I'm a book nerd. I don't know how to actually say anything. (laughs) I was trying to put on something about like our time zone as far as writing back and forth. And I'm like, and here is my blatant ignorance. I actually don't know our time zone. But, you know, nobody is perfect. No one's perfect. I know it's it's super nerdy, but I really enjoy figuring out the latitudes of cities abroad compared to U.S. cities because it just always blows my mind. Like, I had no idea that Tokyo and Las Vegas are the same latitude. Seriously? Yeah, right? In your mind, Tokyo is much higher, right? Yeah, it's like way higher. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, climate is complicated. You know, it is. And you know what, public school teachers, you did the best you could. You probably taught us all this. It was us. We were too busy trying to fold notes into origami. And I'm really sorry. I feel like no Americans know anything about geography, though. I Okay, that's yeah. not true. That is Yikes. a broad generalization. No, no, no. say how you but, feel. Don't back. <laughs> there's clearly Americans who know geography, but the general population... We just don't have a good grasp of geography. We're just too flipping big. I think if we try to, because you think, like I said, I live over here. And if you tell somebody you have to drive like an hour somewhere, they're like, oh, good gracious. I'm like, are, are, are you kidding me? We drive an hour in, in New Mexico. You, you're, you're in New Mexico. <laughs> like, and it's not even one of the biggest states that we have. And so being able to have that concept of geography where, where we live I just think it's just too, too much for, for our brain space. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. So it's dark over here. How was your week? My week was good. It was busy. By the time this comes out, my life will be a lot more calm. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been in in tech rehearsals for a, a show that I directed, a play that I directed that opened yes. this past weekend. Yeah, so now my job as director is done. Mm-hmm. I can move on to the next thing. I don't have a next project, just this. Are you, so. are you serious? I'm so serious. <laughs> this is <laughs> kind of like my first lull. <laughs> I mean, I've only I've only done five shows this year. I love how you said only five. Yeah, no, the play that I did is kind of relevant to this a little bit. Yes. It's not mixed mixed race but it definitely deals with race and deals with issues that are important to us mm. 
tell it. Yeah, it's a play about a boy, a refugee, fleeing his oppressive government after this military regime takes over, takes his parents, scares him a bokon, a big mouth, like a very talkative sort of kid. And he loses his voice because he's so scared. So he's trying to make it to the U.S. and also trying to find his voice on this journey. And he meets... La Llorona, for those of you who don't know, is the the weeping woman, right? Mm -hmm. The crying woman of so much Latin American mythology. (laughs) So all of us grew up scared of of this character, but then in this play, she's she's a good guy. So I've always liked uh, that part that she was, I feel like she was always misunderstood. Yeah, I mean, she's just trying to scare the kids home so they'll be safe. Duh. What parent wouldn't scare their child to keep them safe? If you say you wouldn't, you're lying. (laughs) Yeah, so that's been my life the last six weeks. And I was directing it at the college that I teach at. Oh, there's like an insight into my life. I teach college. Oh, look at that. Try not to give out too, too much. You need some mystery in order to be interesting, apparently. (laughs) apparently so i feel good that's open move on to my next my next thing proud of the work that my my students have done that's awesome i feel like i'm not nearly as interesting but i feel like life of like a stay-at-home mom that's my little insight has its own trials i i don't know i feel like it's all more like headspace i got conned into bake sale which is kind of like directing a play. Um, You have lots of moving parts. You have to keep telling what to do and you have to make a lot of notes. And that is my, my latest excitement. Living in the UK is always interesting during American holidays. They're trying to like encourage the presence of the uh, American families. So they asked, what could we do? And somebody somehow suggested a bake sale. I disagree that that, helps encourage or <laughs> puts a spotlight on military families. So is this a an upcoming bake sale or is this something that's already happened? Like, was it a Halloween bake sale? No, 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 no. Because even that is kind of weird because they do Halloween here, but they don't do Halloween here. It is a whole thing. No, this is upcoming. It's going to be the Monday after Thanksgiving. And they want us to kind of do like the history of Thanksgiving and sell some baked goods and kind of like represent and you know school people uh, about it and, i don't know. like that <laughs> girl you 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 are you you already know and uh, i think it's it, here's the thing it's cute because we get to raise money for the school i'm for that but i shouldn't be telling the history of thanksgiving because i, I want to be like brutally honest about it but i feel like i can't and i don't know how to do that with baked goods but we have some awesome people who are like major crazy creative and they are like, we're going to make a Thanksgiving tree and it's going to be really cool and beautiful. And I'm like, way to go because only you guys can make something beautiful out of this. And I'm really glad that there are other moms who are way on top of it because I don't feel like one of those moms. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of a lot of thoughts <laughs> on this. But I think the attitude, it, it's like coming from a good place. Totally. So it's hard to be too critical of it. But the irony of... Oh, yeah. Being in England. <laughs> being oh, no. in England and mm-hmm. celebrating this thing. Oh, it's too oh, much. No. I can't take it. 
Oh, it's it's like, oh, girl, we had a 4th of July barbecue here and it shut down our block. We didn't think anyone was going to come because it's the 4th of July and it's we called it Allies Day <laughs> just to kind of <laughs> we did. I'm like, just it was just really an excuse, like, come and eat meat that's been on fire. Just just come. And our backyard was our, our back garden. Our back garden was bumping we people were coming and then turning back away because they couldn't fit people in it i'm like so you guys like the idea or at least like free food either or but explaining like so is this this is your independence right you're you're shocked that people didn't actually know all the intimate details but i guess why would they but it's definitely it's it is a, a whole other experience celebrating fourth of july and thanksgiving over here it is definitely it's cool that things are open because it's not a holiday (laughs) uh, (laughs) but it's it does give you a whole other perspective about it and just how they learn from their point of view about different holidays it's cool it's cool it's it's humbling and neat and slightly awkward but it's at the end of it there's food so i can't complain yeah, I I mean, I'm not like super into holidays anyway. <laughs> I like the idea of holidays because mm. they're like fun. I really I'm really into ritual and that sort of thing. Here I go, like sounding overly academic again. <laughs> I enjoy ritual and things that people do as a group collectively to celebrate a certain time of year. That's really cool to me. But I'm also just not into holidays because most of the origins of the holidays are just so shady. And it's a little I shady. Just, I can't get into it. The exception, of course, being Halloween, which is my favorite. I just want to <laughs> want to celebrate Halloween all the time. That's so beautiful. Perhaps we should move on, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm so excited to be bringing this question This question is not necessarily one that has been typed out per se. I love having to lead up to questions, Danny. But this one is one that I've I've gotten in person in general, actually quite a lot. And uh, and it, it is actually phrased like this several times. Are you ready? Here's the question. You're in a mixed race marriage. How is that? That's the question. So how is that? What? I do, mean, you, like, do, you, do you get asked that? Mm, I don't get asked it directly a lot, but I think <laughs> people make assumptions about what my husband would look like <laughs> based off of what I look like. And then when they meet mm. him, they're like, ooh, he's blonde. <laughs> like, yes, yes, my, my husband's a widow. I know. I know. He is, he is and he farms, which I guess I don't know. Does that make him more white or less white? No, no way. Traditional farming. All sorts yeah. of brown people farm. Everyone That's farms. What I it's, it's humanity. But I think he gets it a lot from the other way, probably even more so mm. because he is so white, people assume that I will also be. Yes, yes, yes. I think I don't know. I should have probably asked my husband. I I think because you know we're military-ish background, it's not as like shocking, but there's still always that assumption. You know, if he has a picture of me on his phone or definitely on his computer, people will kind of do a, a double take. Because as we might have mentioned in our little teaser episode, I too am also married to a very tall, thin 
blonde hair, blue eyed white guy. I, they were an extra in the two thousands. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it, I don't. I don't know. It was very in that year. I guess somehow in New Mexico, we found like two of the five. Yeah, de- definitely. How did well? I le- how did you guys meet? In full disclosure, I feel like you already know this. <laughs> I do, but that's not that's that's not fair. So you have your your beautiful background of being like Choctaw and uh, white and Chicano and yeah. Like- um. So my husband and I have been together for sixteen years, seventeen, girl, years, sixteen and do a half. The math. Years. Yeah, see the about, math, girl. Yeah, about sixteen and a half years. So cute. <laughs> I know it's a little ridiculous. We we met in high school. Uh, we did we did theater together. We did drama together. He's not a theater guy now, but that's how we met initially. And then we we started we started dating after a show that we were in together, and we've been together ever since. So I was sixteen, he was fifteen, and here we are today. It's it's really crazy too <laughs> that we're both. We both weren't born in New Mexico. We were both born in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, in oh, the same hospital. Oh, I didn't hospital. know that about him. Yeah. No. Yeah, we were born in the same hospital, and then we met here in high school. So that's kind of crazy. That is nuts. Yeah, I, I never – I wasn't a person who thought that I would get married. I was never a girl who planned my wedding. I wasn't – it wasn't a goal of mine, like being married and having kids. I don't have kids, but being married and having kids was never something I saw in my future. But I am. I'm I'm married and I like it. Oh, it looks good on you. You, you guys were I, I cheat because I was there when they were dating. And so I'm sorry to like to to be silly for, for our listeners. But I think you all have such a cute story. And they were in case you guys want to know, they were absolutely adorable in in high school. Danny Danny and I are like what, you're we're five three as well or five two I'm and a five half-ish? four. I'm five oh, four, Damika. Sorry, I'm <laughs> but I so, think I'm, I I grew that extra inch in college. <laughs> I, that is so true because I was definitely like five one, and then somehow in college, I think I got that extra like bump. I'm glad. Thank you, thank you. That makes me feel more <laughs> sane. But because Ian was always really tall, and I'm sure like guys don't stop growing until they're like thirty. Um, and they're they're just always really super crazy cute with each other. And um, see if you guys can get that kind of mental image of. Of the two, absolutely adorable. But um, I met my husband. We have been, gosh, we've been together almost 10 years and married almost nine years of that. Um, Yeah, ish, like these are all ish dates. But we, (laughs) he's from Washington State and I'm from everywhere. But I I call New Mexico my home. We, (laughs) We met at a bar. Which sounds like really cool, maybe not. But we met at a bar. But the thing about this bar yeah, is Yeah, I didn't after. realize people actually met at bars. We do. We did meet at a bar. But I wish it was like really cool and swank and like kind of Sex in the City-ish. It, it was like after church. And after church, like, it was like, <laughs> after I know. I, it was after church bar. Um, we, our church had like a super late service. I think it started at like six or seven. So it was obviously like all the young single college kids who are hopped up on Jesus. And um, then you go and get fish and chips, obviously. Like, so we would go down to Two Fools at, at like Irish pub in the desert. I love Two Fools. Uh, girl, it's my, oh, uh, I miss it. So 
but we, we went there at long story short, he was, a, he's a drummer and he came and he drummed kind of a last minute kind of deal. And I thought he actually came with another group of people from who actually were also from Washington. And so when they came, he was literally sitting across from me and I'm like, you know, who's this guy? And he was like, his face was down in his food. He wasn't talking to anybody and people were like talking around him, over him. And I'm like, that's rude. He's our guest. You know, they came all the way down from Washington and he played drums for us. And I was like, hey, and I just literally started talking to him and asking him how Washington was. And he looked at me like I was a witch. <laughs> he just like looked at me like I was crazy. And through the conversation, and then he took his hat off and I saw the haircut. And I'm like, oh, wait, are you in the military? He's like, I, I am. I'm stationed here. I'm like, oh, so you're not with this group of people? No. So you both just happened to both be from Washington. It was just a weird coincidence. And so I was like, oh, cool. Well, I'm going to end this conversation because I didn't want anything to do with people in the military. I know. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Everyone can laugh now. But I got his number because I thought, ooh, girl, this boy, he's pale and quiet. And one of my really good friends at the time who was visiting her family in New York is pale and quiet. And I thought, oh, I could get them together and they'll be pale and quiet together. And it'll be so cute. And they can toast me at their wedding because I'm self-centered and I'm going to be a bridesmaid. I had it all, <laughs> girl, I had it all planned out. I did. I did. But that's that's not what happened. So that's a story for another time. But that's how we. I love that. I love yeah. your pale and quiet <laughs> matchmaking attempt. Um, I'm 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 o for o for two for that. <laughs> I tried, but I think what's really amazing about that is if this had been, you know, all but fifty years ago, this us meeting would not have even met because you know, mixed marriages weren't a, a thing; they were illegal until what was it, 1967? 67. Yeah, that was what I was gonna yeah. say. I think it's like 67. 67. Um, in case anyone out there is really good at math, not that long ago. <laughs> that yeah, is, you know. That's that's what really gets me about that is it's not that long ago. I mean, we're not that young anymore, but that's no. like our parents were alive when that happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm making assumptions it about your parents' age, but... <laughs> No, they're, they're early 60s. They're early 60s. I mean, yeah, that was, you know, my dad grew up in the deep, deep south. And he actually, I talked to him today. And something that, um, that really actually shook me to my core is that um, when people died, they actually had to go to their correct correlating colors funeral homes. Like even mm -hmm. in death, they had to be separated. And my yeah. dad remembers very distinctively, like a white, if a white person dies, they have to go to a white funeral home and, you know, so far. It was just not that long ago. Not that long ago. Uh, it was uh, the Loving versus Virginia case uh, happened, of course, in Virginia. And Richard Loving and uh, Mildred Loving, they got married and rocked the boat. And actually, Mr. Loving went to jail for a year. Now, that that is love because they broke the Racial Integrity Act of 1924. Yeah, that's, where, that's yeah. something <laughs> I have a bit of a question about, right? Like, I'm aware of that. Yeah. Who? Why? I yep. just <laughs> well, girl. Do you know what's really interesting? So I was looking up. You know, of course, I I know like you know the uh, American history of it. You know, quite well because, like I said, I, I'm the product of a mixed marriage and had invested interest in it. But I live over here in England, and just hearing about, I would love to really know UK history versus US history. So 
I'm digging through, and please, UK homies, correct me. There's never really been like a per se like law that says, yeah, don't do it. But in several cases, in each century, like going back to like agricultural history, like 14th, 15th century, they have documented high profile cases of, of blended and mixed cross ethnic marriages, whether it's like, you know, it wasn't like, like, no, but kind of like, frowned upon and each kind of decade, you know, the decade and changing with the centuries post-war, there'd always be like a spike depending on if there was an influx of uh, people coming in from China or India, they would have these influxes of of mixed marriages and they would have Mm -hmm. this kind of, ooh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Or uh, what was it after World War One, there was obviously, sadly enough, a huge uh, spike in females than males at the time. And so they had like a lot of blending and they were very concerned that women were being taken advantage of in a time of a post-war era during this time. But it was, uh, it's really interesting just seeing that far long history of it. And uh, which I think kind of leads to over here where people kind of get the misconception of it's not really a big deal because they've just been doing it a lot longer. But that is a story for another day. <laughs> it's a hard, hard thing to talk about because you can't talk about mixed marriage or mixed union without realizing like the very sordid past of it. It wasn't always, yes, there were definitely people who loved each other and wanted to be together, but then there's also the really messy history of colonialism and the white man taking <laughs> you had to s- <laughs> just I, taking I just what he wanted taking what he wanted and uh, making all the mixed race babies so it's complicated for sure it, it really is and we i think we wish we could kind of say oh you know we, we've come so far in the last 50 years and and there have i mean we, you can study and look at the census uh, all the stuff is online there's going from 3% reported in 1967 to almost 17% in 2015. And some places even say it's as high as 18% of people in America having, you know, mixed relation. That's between, um, what is it, a common law, cohabitation, and marriage. That's lumping it all together. Um, which, I mean, that, that that's pretty hefty considering. And we, we can say that we, we've come so far. But there, there is a little bit of a stigma in, in how it's presented and even within their own communities. I know with, with, uh, with me personally and my experience of Black people have not outright said of, um, well, why couldn't you marry somebody Black? You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if any, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but kind of saying, well, you know, wouldn't you find it easier? Here, Here's the thing about my family. So I'm... I'm pretty mixed, right? But I grew up predominantly with my mother's family. They're all old New Mexican, Latino, Chicano family. And I was teased a lot <laughs> for mm. liking white people. But How for being you. a, tr- yeah. Uh, and so when I started dating Ian, they were all just kind of like, who's this white boy? But they, you know, I had had other white boyfriends before before him, but they all very quickly fell in love with Ian <laughs> uh, because he's like such a nice guy. But also mm-hmm. later in college, he minored in Spanish. So he's I mean, he speaks better Spanish than I do. Oh, does he? He does. I did not he, know that about him. 
Yeah, yeah. He speaks pretty good Spanish. And so my family loves that about him. That, that he'll like come and, and speak Spanish. And all the time at family gatherings, when it turns into a rant about white people, they're like, oh, but Ian's not white. <laughs> Did he get his brown card? Is he, it a male? He got his brown card. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Y'all have been together like well, over 16 years. I, I do think he should probably get it by default, though. That That's a lot. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I don't amazing. know. It's it's different. It's not like the pressure of like I needed to marry a Chicano guy or anything like that. But it was kind of like a point of teasing for a long time. But now mm-hmm. – and it wasn't – it wasn't harsh teasing. I mean, I shouldn't normalize these behaviors because they're probably not good to have. For me, I think the it, it's so difficult when I look at like what my parents went through as opposed to what my husband. Like, we're more inconvenienced. It's kind of the same thing what you were saying with normalizing. So for me, I'm like, oh, we have a lot of inconveniences or stairs, lots of stairs. But when I think about what my parents went through. Uh, you know, not so bad. But I think you're completely right. We do have to say, you know what, it's, we still have some kind of work to do. Um, we go places, we get separate checks, a, a good chunk, because they don't assume that we're together. Or um, like I said, now that we have a kiddo, which definitely, that's, a, you know, we'll have to talk about that in a little bit. That definitely makes things very interesting. I remember one time we were at Trader Joe's or whatever. So we were at some organic food store. I'm not putting you guys on blast. I love you guys. We uh, we were doing a big bulk shop and they just were like rang up half of it. And he's like, oh, the rest of it, rest of it too. He's like, oh, I thought it was that woman. And <laughs> my husband's like, that woman? That is my wife. And that person, like it, we didn't make a big stink. He had a little bass in his voice. He's like, that woman, that is my wife. You can just tell right. like they lost all their color in their and their you know, face and went right into their Hawaiian shirt. And it was like, I felt so bad. And I know they meant no ill will. It was just in their mind. And it could be, you know, oh, I was maybe I was right beside him. Well, like, I, I think we're quite loving and affectionate towards each other. It was just interesting. We get a lot of that. And like I said, we, we get people who just uh, just assume if we're in a crowded place and I gesture towards, you know, my, my husband, they, they kind of keep looking around for someone with a little bit of a better tan and there's there's none there <laughs> so yeah, they have to assume there's there's something <laughs> i i mean i guess it exists both ways i think there's like an expectation of of skin tone and i would be interested to hear more about like same sex couples and their experience in this cuz i'm sure it's compounded because oh yeah because there's that whole hurdle to deal with unfortunately with some people but i think as a a darker skinned woman like that's something we just don't see depicted as much i don't know mm. i don't know is that true i i don't know well, it's actually, like I said, we were doing research and things of that nature, and they were just talking about percentage of what would be like, you know, white male as opposed to a, a woman of color, uh, you know, female and swap. And they're talking about just percentage wise. So first of all, it's a much lower percentage when you deal with, you know, a white Anglo-Saxon European male as, a, as opposed to like a woman of color, especially the darker you go, the numbers kind of dwindle as far as the amount and representation of it. But there is kind of that stigma of the, you know, of black men. Totally. I think especially, you know, a lot of high profile baller type black men do tend to like, it's, I think, fairly more common to marry a woman that is outside of their race. Totally cool. Do it up. But I think the reverse, I'm even trying to think like in, in television, it's, it is kind of 
odd to see. I was telling my um, mom about this and she's like, when she saw the, a commercial with a mixed couple where the woman was beautiful, dark skin and there was a white guy and she's like, it broke the internet. People were mad. People were uncomfortable, mm. but we've, we've kind of been seeing the reverse for a little bit longer. It's just one of those, uh, it's still taking a while to see that women, especially if they have darker skin, are desirable and they are beautiful. I think, you know, that's something we can definitely talk about on the the colorism scale. Definitely. That is within what is desired and what is deemed to be beautiful. And I, I will say this, my, my husband, I love him to death. He's talking about when he works with, with guys who are, you know, black guys and they I almost feel like they find out, they find out he's married to a, a, a black woman. And uh, in conversation, they're talking about, you know, if they're with their partner, you know, it's like, and you know, black women, you know, uh, he knows. Yeah, he knows. He's like, what, what do I know? What am I supposed to know? Like being married is hard, not necessarily because I'm married to a black woman, right. to which then I disagree. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll never understand. There seems to be like just certain men uh, make these assumptions about other men uh, just mm. based off of experiences I've heard from my husband. They'll make assumptions about his points of view and will say things like pretty offensive racial things to him. And his he has to be like, um, you know, I'm I'm married to <laughs> to a Chicana. Like that's not appropriate to say. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I find that that's really interesting. I don't know if I have experienced as much of that as you have, like out in, in public. Maybe it's because of where I live. Because it's the two states that I've lived in as an adult are both minority majority states, right? New Mexico and Hawaii. And um, in New Mexico, there's a lot of Latino white marriages, not like a lot, Mm -hmm. but more than I think other places. And then I look very Asian. So in Hawaii, I kind of fit in pretty easily there as well. So I don't think we experienced that as much. I think what's been interesting in both of those places, and now I'm speaking for my husband, sorry, but I think (laughs) being around me gives him like a card (laughs) to like be more accepted in certain spaces, Mm. even though he is white. But I don't feel the inverse. Like I don't think the inverse really exists. I don't think being a person of color with a white person gives you like a pass the same way that it does the other Mm. way. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. And I don't understand. It's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) We never catch a break. (laughs) I mean, we have encountered some of those, those experiences as well. Like the one that always will stick with both of us, I think, was this was in, it was in high school and I was living with my grandparents, but my, my grandmother had had surgery. So I was visiting her at the hospital after work and Ian had come with me. And then we were waiting to catch the bus back afterwards. And there was this guy who who came up to us and was and was chatting. And then, you know, like it turned into a conversation of like where I was from and who my people were and all of this. And, you know, so he was getting really into that. And then he was like, is this white boy with you? Yes, like obviously. He was like, oh, because yeah. I was going to see if you wanted me to beat up this white boy for you. And I was just like, what? Hola. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those those are the more of the 
the encounters that we have, I guess. And maybe it's just the spaces that we're in are, are usually like other other mixed or minority people like looking to me to see if Ian is okay to be around. <laughs> oh, there's something actually oddly racistly sweet about that, right? isn't it? <laughs> it's like, I got you, girl. I got you. I, I I don't I don't know. It was one of those things for for me personally, it was just in the dating realm. You know, I dated, you know, uh white guys and Hispanic. Not not tons. I had like maybe one uh, uh, one relationship with a black male and that like was trend that was so beyond race at that point really. But um it, <sighs> Is that that question of, well, why not? You know, I was a server for a long time and I, you know, I would meet black men every once in a while. They try to holla for those people out there, you know, they try to holla at you and they try to, you know, get your number and things of that nature. And um, it wasn't ever like a pursuing thing. And people would say, you know, you're purposely trying to pursue a white person. I think when you, when you are mixed, you know, that you have to kind of pick a side. I think that you were supposed to try to identify with and, I think because of what I was interested in and the group of people or where I lived and what I did for a living. And uh, they just assumed that that's what I was attracted to. And I don't, that, that part always kind of bothered me where you, you're into white guys. I'm like, I'm into someone who doesn't treat me like garbage. You know, I, I'm into someone who, who, who reads and is kind. And uh, that's what I'm kind of into. Fair, there are definitely black guys who fit that as well, Mika. Oh, totally. But why, but that's what I'm saying. They're saying that I am into a white guy. I'm like, no, I'm into this category and whatever right. race will fit that category. I'm into, I just don't, I couldn't, none of the black guys who want, Wanted to be kind and pursue and hang out. Never pursued me. Maybe I gave off a vibe. I'm just a hit it and quit it girl. I don't know. Maybe I, it's my fault. I don't know. I had this conversation with a friend of a few months ago, and he has always dated white girls. <laughs> and he's just like, brown girls are not into me. And maybe it's, maybe it is like interests and circles that you're in determine mm. a lot of that. Ooh. I think those of us who are mixed or who are people of color get kind of some shade thrown at us when we we date white people but it should be about who the person is mm. and and it's nice Ooh. it's definitely great to be with somebody who has a shared experience with you right who can understand yeah. your background and where you're coming from oh definitely try as he might my husband will never completely understand what it's like to be who I am in my experiences growing up he tries right and and that's that's an important part of it he's an empathetic person who cares about me and tries to understand the world and how it impacts me and how that's different from how the world impacts him. And I think that's mm -hmm. really important, right? And it shouldn't take getting yeah. into a relationship for a person to be that way. And I'm not <laughs> saying that's that's the case with him. But I think more people should be able to change their focus to start to think about other people in that very empathetic way. world would be a better place. No, I completely agree. Because like I said, in um, especially with the increased brutal uh, shootings, again, predominantly black males, it has been really heartbreaking. I you know, my husband walks in and I'm like sobbing over the computer and him trying to comfort me, but knowing there is only so much he can really kind of relate to. And and I think before you enter in a relationship, like a really serious relationship with someone who is different, you have to really kind of take that into account. 
It's actually, it was really interesting. Like I said, I'm a census junkie. They're talking about people with different mixes of marriages actually tend to actually exceed the national, like the the average of being married and actually stay together longer. And they're in, they're in, um, the amount of people who get divorced is actually quite lower. And I think because you actually have to have a lot of that forethought of, is this something that we can do? You know, even within dating, I'm, you know, it could just be very, very relaxed. And, you know, I, I'm into that person and, you know, love is blind with girl, which that's a whole other thing. I want to talk about that. But love is blind thing. We literally at this moment don't have the time. No, Can we, we don't. We, Let's we, talk we about don't. it later for sure. I th- yes, I'm holding back. I'm just letting you know I'm bridling myself. But just having that kind of like concept of just being like you wanted to be a kick it and chill kind of dating thing. We I. I personally wish it was that easy, but it's not. Even if it's for a brief moment, you have to make that conscious decision of, is this something this person together is willing to work with me with? Because even just in my, you know, my relationship with my husband, I've just seen things from his background of growing up a a lot more conservative, predominantly white uh, Christian household of saying, this is my life. These are my experiences and how some things, you know, he, he has had advantages and privileges in his life that I can only dream of and him going to, you know what I mean? And him actually kind of coming to that realization and then turning back around and being using where he is in his life to become a voice. And um, that's what, like you said before, it's really beautiful when that can happen. But like I said, we've been together, gosh, you know, almost a decade. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's a, it's a whole other thing. I think that that's it's an interesting point that being able to look at something from someone else's perspective and, and recognize your own privilege and your own experiences having shaped your life in a different way. And I think in the case of most interracial marriages, a lot of that ends up being the burden of the white man, the white woman, right? (laughs) The issue is we live in the society that has normalized the white experience and treats white people as normal people. A lot of us who are people of color, mixed people, we understand that to a certain extent. It is the society that we were brought up in, right? It is the media that we have consumed. It is so prevalent in our society we understand it's our baseline and we understand the white experience in a way that white people don't understand the people of color's experience right and that's not saying that i understand what it's like to be a white person in america but you have to remember that this is the normalized society right this is the baseline so yes i understand those things and it's gonna take work from a white person's perspective to understand our societies and our cultures and our experiences and the places that we came from because they aren't as put out there. They aren't ingrained in their life from the time that they're they're born um, in that same yeah. way. So it takes work because you're an adult and it's hard mm-hmm. when it's harder to learn things and experience new things because you're so set in your mindset already. Like you're set in your ways, you know how the world works. So having anything challenged is very difficult. So that's, I mean, that's not just for mixed marriage. That's for everything, right? All of this. <laughs> that, this that's for, that's yeah, relationships done yeah, in, yeah. in general and, and acting with people. Learning about someone else's experience and, and being able to see where they're coming from, respect where they're coming from, respect the differences. Mm-hmm. And then comes the work of, of merging the cultures, merging the experiences, right? To kind of create your own your own world, your own life, the culture of your house. 
Yeah, exactly. It, it does. And it's all, it almost becomes like its own little island. And I just have to give a shout out to my parents. I mean, they got married in uh, 1984, which means that if it was legal to actually marry people of different race in, in 1963, and they got married in 1984, it still wasn't a thing. This was a couple that actually had to go around the state of Ohio to try to find someone who would actually marry them. That's an important thing to point out, too. Just because things are legal doesn't mean that they're easy or that you're going to find people who who will actually make them happen. Exactly. And and I just have to I wouldn't I don't know if they would ever consider themselves to be trailblazers, but it wasn't easy. You know, my dad's from the deep, deep south. My mom is from up north and they had they didn't tell their families, you know, right away for for many reasons. And there were definitely tensions. But, um, you know, I, I love after all these years, you know, I, I asked them, you know, how do you feel or, or, or why What was the motivation? They're just like they just didn't give a damn. It's like that's a that's a verbatim quote. Like they just didn't give a damn. N- nothing stopped them. They're like, you know, we took you guys to McDonald's as a couple, even though people would stop and stare. And this is a true story. People stopped and stared and looked at our family while we would order our food and and eat. And they would make comments, uh, you know, uh, about well, a lot of staring where people would go. And um, they said that that never stopped them. They would go. And he's like, we would never act a fool. We would just go and and be us. And people would comment, you know, we had well-behaved children, not mixed children. We had well-behaved children. And we let that be our example. And my dad's like, we just didn't give a shit. I love it. Because my parents are not cussers. So when I hear them cuss, I know that's how they really mean it. It's adorable. They just, you know, it wasn't like the world was against us. So we bound together. It was just we are doing this. And we're making this life together. And we have to expose our kids to both sides and kind of go from there and make our own thing and do our own thing. And we, we lived in a foreign country, we moved around. And so we had to create our own thing. And I I just have to thank them for that because of what they've done. It's made my life a little bit easier because I I can't even, uh, you know, day to day with friendships and family and what they sacrificed and they would never view it that way. They just, they fell in love and they got married. And that's, I think what I've done, that's what you have done. We fell in love and, and we got married. And for people who want to challenge that and saying it, oh, you know, must be so easy or, oh, it can't possibly be a problem. There are still challenges. And uh, yeah, thanks, mom and dad. You guys are, uh, you're doing it. You do, you're doing it. And marriage is hard. And they, they did it. And they created us, which having kids in a mixed relationship is a whole other level. <laughs> right. And that's another thing that I think we should talk about, at least briefly, in response to to mixed marriages, there's also the fact of having you know mixed children, more little biracial <laughs> unicorns or triracial prancing unicorns, up, prancing around this world, spreading their magic and melanin. <laughs> we both have our experiences growing up in that way, and you also I have do. a daughter, so you have the experience from the other end as well. I know personally like and this is a result of of being mixed race right is i grew up with a single mom and one sister and the three of us all look like we're we're different ethnicities <laughs> <laughs> so my mom is very clearly latina curly hair dark skin black eyes all of that right so she's very clearly that and then i look very native american so for many people, that means I look Asian. <laughs> you are and then, stunning. Uh, my sister. <laughs> you are stunning. <laughs> yeah. 
oh, thank you. Um, and then my sister is blonde. So so we all looked like we were different ethnicities. And so a lot of times people would, one, not think that our mm, mom truth. was our mom, uh, which was confusing as a child to to hear that over and over and over again. And then what would happen oftentimes, and this is strangers, this is straight up strangers <laughs> at the grocery store, would ask my mom if we had different fathers. Ooh, ooh that is, yeah. I, ooh, that's a different like, kind I, of shade. We would, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and all oh, the time, oh. all the time. So oh, I wish somebody <laughs> wanted to do that with my mother because she's a very calm, short, uh, little white woman, and I love her. You know, a very light complexion, hazel eye. Like she looks like a, a beautiful Irish rose. But I wish somebody would say we had different dads. She just, at least we got the adoption question a lot. We were adopted, mm. and I feel I feel like that is part of the whole public perception yeah. of now. It's for the most part interracial marriage is okay but like are people really okay with it because then they ask these inappropriate questions you know and i respect people asking questions to be able to broaden their views and understand the world really are you broadening your views by going up to a woman (laughs) of color asking if her children have two different dads no that's that's, selfish that's for you like mm. your mind is trying to figure it out and that's what i was saying like when you were talking about uh, people asking what race you are and they're like almost being angry that you weren't asian because their mind would have to try to weave a web of understanding no it's like what what point would have made how has that enriched your life trying to figure that out you know, because I've got a younger brother and a younger sister. And um, though we do look, you know, slightly different, it's actually funny. My siblings are actually slightly darker than me. Um, we get denied that we're actually mixed or that our mom is our mom all the time. And I can't, I can't like the, not a burden, but just kind of wearing on your soul of being like, and if they weren't, I'm taking care. Like, what does it matter to you? Do you know, like, what was the importance? What was the meat of that conversation of asking are these the, oh, those three little black babies? Did you adopt them? That is so righteous of you. That's amazing. Uh, did you adopt them all at once? Or she's like, no, I gave birth to them, you know? And it starts, no, girl, it starts early. They actually didn't think my mom was my mom when I was born. They brought in the wrong, bi- they brought her what? the wrong baby. So, I mean, that sounds like a lifetime movie. Maybe I was switched at birth. Now I'm scared. I know. Maybe I'm scared. You <laughs> And we're talking about our own experiences as children, but I, I really want to hear about your experience as a, a parent of a mixed race child because we live in this this society today, which is a little different than it was 30 years ago, 30 yes. some years ago when we were born. How often have you heard like mixed race children are the most beautiful children? I bet you got it all the time when you were pregnant. <laughs> People being like, your child's going to be so beautiful. I wish I could have a mixed um, baby. That is, there's so much truth in that that I'm actually like, I'm trying not to like bite my tongue. Here's the thing. Well-meaning, well, a people who I love and I would consider crazy close friends, and I do love you, would say would say things of just like, you know, I, I always wanted to be with someone a different race so I can have a mixed baby because they're gorgeous. And then I, I like, because they are, and I'm like, well, I'm a mixed kid and I I mean, I think I'm cute, but I guess, you know, whatever. People are not even thinking like, what is she or 
what is she even going to look like? Like that tone, not, not oh, like, oh, yes. I wonder. Because no one yes. knows what anyone's kid is going to look like. Instead of being like, oh, I wonder. But it's like, oh, what are, what are they going to look like? Like it's a mad Frankenstein kind of thing going on inside of me. Oh, I know. People talk about, we don't have kids, but people talk about what our kids would look like occasionally. <laughs> Why? Why? Why are we, why are we I, I playing don't know. this game? It's one of those things that like, I think I perpetuate it as well because you get so exhausted of hearing it. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. One blue eye, one green eye, red hair, green freckles. I, I don't know. But, but the thing is, like my daughter, she, she's fairly light. and She's got really big Bambi brown eyes and curly Goldilocks hair. She, she is a dream. She is beautiful. That's because she's my kid. You know what I mean? And um, uh, you're welcome, world. I've made, I've made quite a beauty. But the thing is now I totally experience what my mom has experienced. It is a very surreal thing when people think I am her nanny. <laughs> it is a very surreal thing of my mom telling me about how she had to like swallow her anger and very politely saying, no, this is my kid. And people kind of, you know, trying to make it work in their head, even if they play along, there's that look, that look in someone's eye when they're like, your daughter is very lovely. Like trying to see if I'm going to correct them. And um, the worst part I think is not just that happening to you, but also happening to your daughter. I think part of it is those people are not just going back and figuring out what they said that was incorrect and like, oh, this woman is that child's parent, but also, oh, this child is actually this when I thought they were yeah. that. It's a reformulating of who they are as well and I mean, I think maybe I experienced that a little, but I think my sister really experienced that as somebody who who is lighter skinned and has blonde hair. Every time a person realized that, you know, I was her sister or our mom was her mom, it would change the view of her, right, in these people's it, eyes. It really, really does. Like I said, she, my daughter goes to a British school. So on top of all of that, she's got a little British accent now. And uh, poor thing, she didn't ask for that. Like of all, all, all these, you know what I mean? Like she's just like a like a horrific coleslaw of all these things going on. But she's really lovely. It, it, it's one of those things of to me, she she is who she is. And then I see her amongst a group of other children. I'm like, yeah, you can tell. There's it's like it's like one of those things of like, yeah, you're slightly you're slightly different. And to me as a mom, I'm like, oh, that is so beautiful. But I think as she gets older realizing how difficult it's going to be to explain to people having to justify her mixed background because I think at the off put they're like oh that is a a white girl and that's how she identifies and this is how she presents and uh yeah I it's one of those things of crossing that barrier when we get there because she she's you know she's four and a half and luckily you know kids are not that cruel yet they they haven't quite got to that part of their um their their evilness as far as making fun of each other go but um, yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. really trying to expose her to both sides of, of her culture and her background. So it's not like, uh, I'm black girl, and I'm a white girl, and I'm this and I'm that. It's just really understanding of like, well, this is my upbringing. And this is the mix. And this is what I take from from here. And this is what a part of like my upbringing and, you know, different different holidays. This is what we do. Like, I'm not going to do Kwanzaa. I'm just going to be up. So like, no, that's too much. If she wants to do it, that's great. But um, 
just blending families. And uh, even with like with my in-laws of being like, no, you know, she, this is part of her. Part of her is a, a beautiful black girl. And we, we've got books and people kind of get a little <laughs> in a room about being a beautiful black girl and a strong, being proud of her hair and, and, and her skin. And I'm trying to blend those two and understanding like spending time with each other and splitting time between holidays and in customs and how we view the world. Like that in itself is um, it's a bit of a mosh pit that is a, a delicate balance. Yeah. And that's part of the issue. People are all out there saying how much they want mixed children and how beautiful they are. We're not, and yeah, we're not cheap. Whatever. Pets, but know. then <laughs> and not acknowledging the complexities that go along with that and not even acknowledging that with mixed people that they encounter in their lives. So I don't know. All of that is very disgusting (laughs) to me. And maybe that's a little harsh, but it's just you're treating people like they are things rather than people. And one, I mean, take what I say with a grain of salt because I'm not a parent, (laughs) but you should not have children if it's just like a collector's Mm. item, right? Like having a child is one of the biggest responsibilities you can take on in your life. So just having a child because you think that they're going to be beautiful, you're like excited to share that with the world. That does not seem like a good enough reason to have a child in my mind. Diapers, like, and and how expensive it is. Like it is, it is a, it's a real thing. And people out there, they have a little bit of a delusion about what it means to have a child and thinking of lost in the beauty of it in quotation marks, but not realizing the severe complexity. And believe me, I know a good chunk of people are actually, they're thinking they're giving a compliment and being part of, of the change and finding beauty in people who look different. Yay. Yay that. Keep finding people who are, are, are different, different shades and, and hues and hair texture beautiful, but that not being the point of it as a beautiful, as a beautiful person and appreciating these features, but going off and trying to be a mad scientist and concoct the perfect person like that in itself is one, you know, we talk about whole other topics, whole other topic, you know. You're not helping. You're not helping the community by any ways by putting a value and a price and a higher appreciation on people who kind of resemble um, a little bit closer to probably white a little bit by saying those features, by having like a, a different texture of hair, but not too textured, by having a darker skin, but not too dark is deemed more beautiful. Like you're, you're making it actually quite complicated. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is heavy. This was supposed to be a lighter talk this time. It ended up being heavier than I, I first saw, too. Uh, but just just to kind of wrap up the yes. question. So, Damika, you're in a mixed <laughs> marriage. How's, how's How is that? that? You know, it, is, it is awesome. Like, I love him. He's fantastic. He, he gets me not because he gets my experiences. It's because he tries and because we put in the work. That's what it is. Like... People who want to ask about, like, how is our sex? I don't know. We have the same organs as everybody else. It's fantastic. We made a kid, and she's gorgeous. And we live a really awesome life. And not because we're awesome. It's because we're putting in the work. And just like we talked about beforehand with making friendships, it's the same thing in marriage. We put in the work. Dot. <laughs> Does that, how is it? How is it? For, how is that? 
for you, Danny. I mean, I would I would say the same things. I also don't have other marriages to compare this to. So as far as I know, this is this is a great right, marriage. Next marriage, brown person. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see if if I have to get married again. Maybe I'll marry a brown person, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. No, my marriage is great, and I love it, and I love him, and we're happy together, and it's work. But everything Girl, is work. It's so so true. Oh, we sorry. We I didn't think it was going to be that serious today. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> but it was. <laughs> Since it was so serious, let's go ahead and talk about what's what's our happy place this week, Mika. Oh, what is my okay? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Are you ready? Okay, 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 okay. 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 I, I'm closing my eyes, I'm visualizing. Right. Let's go. Biopics. They are giving me all <laughs> I went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody because seeing a movie is like a treat to me because I'm old and I've got a kid. So I went to go see it. I am actually a really big queen fan if that lets anybody know about me keep your comments to yourself i enjoyed it i know some people say it wasn't gritty enough or whatever so okay so the complexity of the thing that's making me happy is also making me miserable <laughs> because i went to go see this movie and oh danny oh, pray for me oh, i'm sorry i'm an awful human being people people <laughs> singing along with musical biopics um, I, this for someone who has a musical background. Okay, this movie just came out. It had been out for like two weeks. Can y'all wait until like the movie's been out for a while or there's like a sing-along version? Like the theater was jam-packed with people singing, you know, We Are the Champions and they weren't. And I was not feeling it. I'm like, can we just hear the guy who's pretending to be Freddie Mercury pretend to sing the song? Because that's what I paid for. I'm sorry. I, it, it was the same thing with like Les Mis. Uh, what other biopic? Oh, I want to go. Oh, oh um, or any kind of musical movie. Dream Girls was the same. I'm like, can you, uh, can you not? So that's that is mine. My happy thing is also making me slightly miserable, but I I am enjoying well, because they have the Elton John one coming out as well here pretty soon ish, and I oh I didn't yeah. even know that oh, yeah, was a thing. Man, and I'm I'm stoked. I'm serious. I do. I'm a sucker for a good biopic. Ali was great. The one about James Brown. Like, seriously, I, I am living for biopics. So, all right. What is putting you in your happy place after this really intense conversation today? Okay. So here's where I become a stereotype. So Please get ready for it. <laughs> uh you're not you're not far off oh my god i was gonna say tacos <laughs> tacos <laughs> oh danny go ahead go ahead <laughs> i just uh when it gets cold and you just need mm-hmm. food s- soup is great cold weather food yeah, if you but like Maine. what really warms my soul <laughs> what really warms my soul is a taco i just I love, I love, love tacos. Everyone loves tacos. But last night I came home and I needed a mm-hmm. snack. And my husband, my dear sweet husband, was like, mm, I'll make some tortillas. And so he made some corn tortillas and we had tacos and they were amazing. And that that's my story. And that's my life. And I just, there is, there is like nothing in the world that a taco can't um, solve. Yes. And Danny, do you know what I'm making for dinner tonight? Tacos. Yep. And you want to know what the best part about tacos is? They're leftovers. I had so much taco that I'm actually having leftovers. So you're not alone. I'm so happy. That's great. I'm also having tacos <laughs> for dinner tonight. So 
<laughs> Between those two things, I'm actually in a way better place than when, when we started. I'm actually, I'm feeling quite positive yeah. about the world. But So when the world feels overwhelming, like it's too much, like you can't handle it, our recommendation this week is to get some tacos, sit down, watch a biopic, yeah. and just forget Let's about the it. world for a yeah. couple hours. I think Sounds that's good. totally great. Thank you for sharing your experience with us, Danny. I really, actually, I really hope people email and write to us about their experience if they're in that you know, mixed relationship or dating or have questions about it. You know, I hope they do. They can send that to what to biracialunicorns at gmail.com. Yep. They can also send us messages via Instagram or Facebook yes. where you should follow and mm-hmm. like us. We're biracial unicorns on both of those things we've gotten some some feedback from people who we don't know at all and it just warmed our heart D'Amico was a crying mess before we started (laughs) because I was I'm not I'm not even embarrassed by it I I am slightly (laughs) full of shame I can't believe you just exposed me like that I'm sorry but I I just feel like people should know the impact that their words have on us thank Mm -hmm. you thank you for making us feel like we're doing something good yeah. here rather than just <laughs> no, just, just too like too happy is just complaining about life it's uh no i i, re- I do feel right. really encouraged by that please do get together i've heard some people getting together and having like parties and having a wine and just listening to it and having really great discussion like that that's what it's all about and i'm really encouraged buy that and you should do that if, if you're doing it, even take a picture and post it to our instagram if you guys are getting together and listening to it i want to see it yeah hashtag biracial unicorns you can add yes. us whatever awesome but yeah um i think are we is that all we have for the people today yeah we're pretty much wrapped up our music is by joseph yeah, scott yeah. our artwork is by dolly pop art so give them your love and attention mm-hmm. as well please and we'll be back in a couple of weeks talking about some more things if you want to guide that discussion like Damika said go ahead and drop us a line and we'll talk to you then definitely peace out peace out